Hey there, CEOs. It's Brandy, and I have just a quick note for newer listeners. This show used to be called the She Who Dares podcast, but on May 5th, 2022, we changed the name to the Wedding Pro CEO podcast to better reflect my mission, to help wedding industry entrepreneurs scale a profitable business they love. The content is the same, just a more descriptive title. Enjoy the show. You're listening to episode number 36 of the She Who Dares podcast. Welcome to the She Who Dares podcast. I'm your host, Brandi Gar. I'm a small business entrepreneur with almost 20 years of experience in the event industry, and I've spent the last decade creating multiple thriving businesses, growing a dedicated team, and teaching others to do the same. I remember being the newbie, the fear of failure, the anxiety of not knowing the next steps, and the uncertainty of finances. I'm passionate about sharing insider tips, strategy, advice, and real-life startup stories to help others know that we all had a starting point and you're not alone. Each week, I'll share an inspiring conversation or message to encourage you to follow your dreams to start or scale your business. Thanks for hanging out with me this week. Let's jump into the episode. Hey there, podcast friends, and welcome back to another week of the She Who Dares podcast. I am so excited for this week's episode because it's a little bit different than anything we've ever done on this podcast before, and that's because this topic originally aired earlier in the week as a 10 at 10. Now, some of you may not know what that means. Every weekday, I go live on my personal Facebook page and on my Instagram at 10 a.m., so Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. for 10 minutes. That's how we got the name 10 at 10. And it's just a quick business bite and a dose of encouragement to start your day. And honestly, a lot of the times it's kind of just silliness and fun, but we always try to have just one quick business bite that you can move the needle forward in your day. Well, this week we actually had a topic called How to Work with a Wedding Planner, and it was massively, wildly popular. And I guess I don't know why that surprises me so much because the reason I chose that topic is because I get asked that question all the time, literally all the time I get asked this question. And so I decided to do it as a 10 at 10. And then it just, I got so much feedback about it. I thought, you know what, let's just run this on the podcast. And I hope that you love it. It went way over the 10 minutes that it's supposed to be for a 10 at 10, but I'm incredibly passionate about it. And on this episode, you'll hear that I share five specific things that you can do as a wedding vendor to get in the good graces of, or to work with, or to get on the preferred vendor list of a wedding planner. Because let's face it, the job of a wedding planner is to refer other vendors, right? So you want to be one of the vendors that they're referring. And so I give five ways that you can do this. And then if you listen all the way to the end of the episode, and it's a short one this week, you'll actually hear a couple of things that I would also encourage you not to do if you're trying to get on the preferred vendor list of a wedding planner because I've had all of these things happen to me and I've actually chatted with some of my other wedding planner friends and these are definitely some things that you do not want to do when it comes to trying to work with a wedding planner. So I hope that you guys love this episode and if you do, please leave feedback. I don't know if you guys know, but the best way to support the She Who Dares podcast is to subscribe. So if you've never subscribed or you're new here, please hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening and to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. A five-star review is always appreciated, but we love 
love your reviews. I love reading them and they help so much to spread the podcast so that more people can be brought this free content and then to share the podcast. If you share it on your Instagram or you share it on your Facebook or on LinkedIn, we're on all three. You can tag me at Brandy Gar on any of those platforms and that way I can see it and I can say thank you so much for sharing the podcast. It is so, so valuable to getting it out to more and more people so that they can also learn how to start and scale their business. So you guys, I hope you love this episode. It was really a fun one to record. If you're more of a video person, you can watch it on Facebook, my personal Facebook at Brandy Gar. You can go through past 10 at 10s and you can see different ones that we've done and different topics that we've covered. Or you can jump on my YouTube channel also at Brandy Gar and all of the videos are uploaded there as well. So thank you so much for your support and here we go. So let's get into our topic because this is a fun one and this is one I get asked so freaking much is how to work with a wedding planner and literally I would say it's by far the number one question that I get which is like how can I get on your vendor list? How can I work with you? How can I work with a wedding planner if you're a vendor, right? Not this is not I'm not talking about for brides. I tried to clarify that in the title, but I want to make sure you guys know, I'm talking about as a vendor, how to get on the good graces or on the vendor list with a wedding planner. Um, and it's, it's honestly, to me, I'm always like, I don't think it's that hard, but then I hear people's stories like vendor stories and I'm like, ouch. Yeah. Okay. I can see how that's difficult. And I can also see where I put lots of walls up as a wedding planner. So let's first start with this. This topic is not meant to be like, oh, how do you get on my vendor list? <laughs> no, but in all honesty, besides a venue, a wedding planner is going to be the number one um, referral source that you have because that is our job. <laughs> it's actually the job of a wedding planner to refer vendors to their clients. And so because that's such a large part of our job, it's not, it's very different from like, if a photographer refers a hair and makeup person, right? Even though you're still staking your reputation on that by recommending that person, it's actually my job. So if I don't refer somebody that's great or that's going to do a good job or that's going to be loyal or is going to do all the things, that's I'm not doing my job well. And so it's very important that we vet who we're referring. And that doesn't always mean um, how good you are at your job. It actually has a lot to do with everything else that goes into it, right? So the reason I say that is like, you could be the best freaking photographer that ever walked the earth and you're gonna deliver the most amazing images. But if you are difficult to work with, if you don't communicate in a timely manner, if you don't show up on time, if you don't deliver photos within a reasonable amount of time or at least within the time that's in your contract, I can't continue to work with you. I can't continue to tell my clients it's a good fit because my clients are going to be saying to me during the planning process, like, dude, I emailed this photographer like six weeks ago and they still have not responded to me. Like what's going on now? Every once in a while, there's a reason for that. We'll reach out and figure it out. But if that becomes a trend, I can't continue to tell my clients that you're a good vendor to work with, right? Like how does that make me look? It makes me look like I don't care about customer service. So that's not appropriate. So that's kind of what we're looking for um, to get in with a wedding planner, right? So let's say you, you're, there's a wedding planner in town that you're like, I want to work with this vendor, this wedding planner. 
but you don't know them at all. You just know, I wanna be on their list. Like, I wanna work with them, right? So here's how I would suggest doing that. Okay, so the first one is gonna be to find a common denominator. And that is typically a friend. Um, so the easiest way to do this is to have a warm handoff, which we've been talking about a lot lately in my company, but a warm handoff or a warm introduction. So if, for instance, I'm just gonna use myself as an example, I'm not saying everybody here wants to work with me, I'm just saying. So I let's say that there's a vendor in town that wants to work with Blush, wants to work with my company, right? If they can find someone that I work already with that they also know and ask that person to make a warm introduction, I'm gonna be way more likely to sit and have a conversation with that person than if they cold call me because I'm like, who are you? I don't, I don't know. And that's not to be disrespectful, we're all busy. So I have to put a lot of my time and effort into things that are moving my needle, right? So if I just get a cold call from a vendor that's like, I wanna work with you, I'm like, okay. So I think a warm introduction is super helpful. This can be done at a networking event. So if you know, for instance, that I'm gonna be at a networking event and let's say Edmund Rhodes, very good friend of mine, is also gonna be at that same networking event and you know Edmund because everybody knows Edmund, right? So let's say he, you know him, then say, hey Edmund, would you mind introducing me to Brandy at the next Perfect Wedding Guide luncheon because I really wanna work with her? Then he can make that introduction, we can all three sit there and have a conversation and then I'm way more likely to take a meeting or to take a phone call from that same vendor because Edmund told me, hey, this guy's great to work with, he's so awesome, you should really get to know him. Right, so that's a really simple, easy way. You gotta do a little bit of research, like who does this person hang out with that you wanna get on their list? Who who do I also know that can make that warm introduction for me? So you gotta do a little bit of research, but it's so worth it because I'm telling you, if one of my partners tells me, you need to talk to this person, just out of respect for that person, for my partner, I'm going to have the conversation. I'm going to at least open up the conversation because that's just respect. So I, that is the easiest way to get a conversation with a wedding planner. That's the first one. The second one would be to offer your product for free. Now I know some of you guys are going to be like, right, you want me to offer my product for free just so I can work with you. And I'm like, yeah, I do. And just so you guys know in the food chain, Okay, so venue is typically first booked, not always photographer, a lot of times is first booked or wedding planner, but a lot of times venues first booked, they refer, right? And then a lot of times either photographer or wedding planner is next. So, but in the food chain, venue is typically, I need to be getting venues to refer me, okay? So that's kind of where I'm looking at. I offer my product for free when I want to work with a venue. So I also do this. I'm not just telling you to do it and then I'm not following. I do this. When I wanna work with a venue that I've never worked with before, I go right up to the catering manager, I make get a warm introduction to them from a friend, and I offer to do a wedding for them for free so that they can see why we're different. And that has helped me so much. You have no idea how many doors have been opened by that because they're like, wait a second, you want me to be able to give away your services to one of my clients for free? And I'm like, Yes, because I believe so strongly that once you work with us, you won't want to work with anyone else. And they're like, okay. So it's I. this is what I think is really important when you're working, when you want to work with a wedding planner, figure out some things that might be helpful. Like, 
hey, can I do headshots for your team? Or is there an event coming up that you'd love to have photographs of your work, right? So like if I'm working a wedding, I can't ask the photographer to make sure that they get all of the detail shots or maybe even behind the scenes shots of my team because they're, they've been hired by the client. But I can have a photographer come as long as I've cleared it with the main photographer to shoot just my team or to shoot details for me to use for marketing. So that's a great way as a photographer to say, hey, can I shoot these kind of things for you? I'd love to do it for free just so you can see how great our work is. Working for free, giving them one free option, I can't tell you how many people are on my vendor list because they first came to me and said, can I do this for you for free? And then I loved working with them so much that I'm like, yes, I want to work with you more. Like how many clients can I refer to you? So if you think about the return on investment, how much does it cost you to give away your services for free? It's just your time, which is a hard cost, but it's just your time. And then now how many clients are you getting back? I can name two vendors that are on my vendor list for blush that we've worked with for about two years. Both of them came to me around the same time. They offered their products for free. And I would say each of them we've done over 50 events with. And that's because my team loves them so much. We refer the heck out of them. And both of them came to me because they said, can I provide something to you for free? And I was like, yes, actually, we need that, what you're providing. So that's the next one. Um, refer them. If you want to work with a wedding planner, refer them. If you're like, well, I love this. I tell people all the time, we do not refer you until we've worked with you. Sorry, I. it's not going to happen. If I have never worked with you on an actual event, I'm not going to refer you. Now, a lot of times we work with new vendors because a bride will have already booked a vendor before she books us. And so we're like, oh, this is great. We get to work with a new vendor. Um, and we and a lot of our vendors get put on our list that way. But if you want to work with a wedding planner, refer them. Tell your clients, you know, this one wedding planner in town, she's so professional. She has such a great reputation. I really think that you should consider working with them. Then that client books that wedding planner. They find out that the referral came from you. So they're like, who is this photographer that just told their client to book me? This is so awesome. They pick up the phone. They say, thank you. Now you've got an in. And then you show them how amazing you are with the wedding. Done. You're on their vendor list. Done and done. Right? Okay. So refer them. Think about it. Refer to the wedding planner. Okay. And then the last one, this one is so important. Okay. So you've actually gotten an opportunity to work with this wedding planner. Be easy to work with. So you've done all these things to get on their list or just to even work with them that first time. Be easy to work with. This goes back to the very first thing I said in the beginning. You can be the most amazing, talented, legit professional at what you do for a living. But if you are difficult to work with, there is no wedding planner in town who will want to work with you. I promise you this. There are not a lot, but there are a handful of vendors that we avoid like the plague with my company because they are so incredibly challenging to work with. Like, and here's, here's how you can be challenging or be better. Um, communicate timely. If we email you and we ask for some information about the client or to provide a timeline, or we're asking for you to review the timeline piece that we've asked you to review and you don't respond to me. Now, 24, 48 hours, or if we email you on a Friday and you don't get back to us till Tuesday, like we get that. Like we're not stupid, we're in the industry. But if you take a week or two weeks to respond to me, I'm like, what's going on? If I have to email you a second time to get the answer and you still don't respond to me, if you don't pick up your phone in a timely manner, guys, 
I don't care how good you are. I do not care. I'm not going to spend that much of my time working with you because I have to constantly, constantly, constantly call you or email you to get information for my client. It makes me look bad to my client. It makes me look bad when my client's like, hey, I want to know if the DJ can add six up lights. And I'm, I'm asking, I'm asking, I'm asking, I'm asking. And the client's like, why do you still not have an answer? And I'm like, I can't get a hold of them. We're not gonna say that because we would never throw a vendor under the bus, ever, ever. So we're gonna say, oh, you know, they've been really busy and um, you know, I'm sure that they'll get back to us any day, so don't worry about it, we've got it taken care of. It makes me look so bad to my client. I don't have that kind of time. So respond, communicate quickly. Put a planner's email in front of your other emails. I know that sounds terrible. I know that sounds terrible, but a bride, as important as your clients are, a wedding planner is repeat business. And in our industry, it is very rare to have repeat business, right? Like we don't really want repeat business from our brides. We want them to refer us, but we don't want repeat business because that means a divorce. So we want to make sure that we put those planners ahead because they're going to keep referring you, right? Be easy to work with. Communicate. Be punctual. If you tell a planner that you're going to be there at 2 o'clock, be there at 1.55. And I say this because people get, people are always like, what's the big deal? Can I tell you how many times, how many times a lighting company or a florist, because they're typically the ones that are there the earliest, tell me they're going to be there at 10 a.m. So I show up at 930 so that I can be there on site and they show up at noon. When I, the color of red and angry, I'm not going to cuss, that I am when they finally show up is because you've stolen my time. As a wedding planner, I have to be on site for a plan for another vendor to be on site. So I have to be there. So if you tell me you're coming at 10 a.m. and you don't show up until noon, I've now been sitting there for two hours. Two hours. It's so frustrating. So be on time, be on time. Plus, if I tell my client, you're as a photographer, if I say the, the photographer will be in your getting ready room at three o'clock and it's 3.15 and you're still not there and the client's calling me, then I have to come find you. Then the client's thinking, well, why didn't you know that the photographer wasn't here? And I'm like, I assumed that they were on time. So be timely. Um, over deliver, right? So like bring extra stuff with you. If you can make a planner look amazing to their client, this doesn't mean to give away free goods to the clients, but it does mean like, this happens, one of our very best partners um, in the industry is a DJ and they always bring extra up lights when they're working with us. And they always tell us it's because we refer so much business to them and they're like, I want to be able to make the room look amazing. So if they get there and the client ordered 12 up lights and 14 would look better, they're like, what does it cost me to add two more up lights? It, it, then I could, they can say to me, hey, I added two more up lights because it looked kind of bare over there and so I added two more. And to me, I'm like, Thank you for making this room look amazing and just going one extra step. So if there's something that you can do, like, you know, have a few extra flowers on hand if you're a florist or have an extra mic on hand if you're the DJ just in case, you just never know. And and if you can make the planner look amazing to their clients, like, they're going to keep referring you. Again, that doesn't mean, like, I don't want you to, like, give away all your stuff, but it does mean if you can go the extra mile, if you can do one extra thing, 
we remember those things so much and we're like, gosh, we want to work that vendor again, right? Um, and then follow up, like after the wedding, follow up, give them pictures if you're the photographer. Holy potato sticks, oh my word. Take a picture or two that are specific to details they may have designed at the wedding or snap a couple of pictures of their team behind the scenes doing something really cool behind the scenes and send those to them and say, I loved working with you. I cannot tell you how much of a gift it is if a, when a photographer not only just sends me great pictures of the wedding, but actually sends me really um, like something really cool that my team did or that I can use for my marketing. And I'm like, thank you so much. And then hello, now I'm sharing those pictures with your photo credit all over them. Bonus, right? So anyway, I went way over time. I knew I would because I'm crazy passionate about this subject, but I think it's a really important subject. And because I get asked this question so often, I really wanted to, to address it and help vendors out there that are like, you know, I just feel like I hit a brick wall every time I try to work with a wedding planner because they won't return my calls. And I'm like, if you're cold calling them or even worse, here's a couple things that just because I'm going to just go to 1020 because that will just round it out. Right. But here's a couple things. If you cold call a planner and just say, hey, I would like to work with you. No. Two, if you email them and don't use their name, I delete it immediately. If you email me and it looks like the copy paste to a bunch of wedding planners, delete because I don't have time to read that if you didn't have time to use my name. Um, if you want to work with a planner, research their company a little bit and say, hey, I loved this wedding that you did a couple weeks ago. I saw that you did it at Bella Kalina. It was amazing. Here's what I loved about it. I love the opportunity to work with you. Also consider their lifestyle. I had a venue that actually wanted to work with us, which was awesome that they reached out to us, but I had a venue that wanted to work with us and the venue manager reached out to me and she said, I'd love to take you to dinner, but I know you have three kids and dinner might be challenging. Would it be easier to meet for breakfast when they're at school? I'd really love the opportunity to sit down with you. I was like, what? And I thought to myself, brilliant, because yes, I hate meeting at night. I hate it. When a vendor wants to take me to dinner or take me out for cocktails, I'm like, I have kids and I, there's so many things that happen at night with their sports and all the things like, but if you want to take me to breakfast or if you want to grab coffee or you want to grab lunch, I'm all about it. So consider their lifestyle and say it. So like when she said that to me, I will never forget. And I think that was honestly like eight years ago and I never forgot it because I was like, I love that she took the time to know that my, my lifestyle might be a little bit different than hers because she didn't have kids. So anyway, that's my topic for today. I hope you guys loved it. It's 1020. I went way over time. My husband's going to kill me, but I hope you guys have an awesome hump day and I'll see you tomorrow on Thursday. Okay. Bye. Have a good one. Hey there, wedding pro. Are you feeling overwhelmed, burned out, and wondering how you will ever pay yourself an actual salary from this business you're building? I get it. I'm a wedding pro just like you. I sat in this season of overwhelm and no pay for way too long. Now I own one of the largest planning firms in Orlando, Florida, while doing less than five weddings myself each year. And yeah, I pay myself a full-time salary too. And I'm not alone. Hundreds of other wedding pros just like you have gone from overwhelmed to confident CEO by using the proven strategies I teach inside the Wedding Pro CEO Accelerator. 
I tell Brandy all the time how grateful I am for her. Before joining with her, I thought I was successful and I was successful, but I was working 24 seven, barely making a profit. Now, over a year later, working with her, it's just been life changing. We have our Monday calls. I voice text with other wedding planners all over the nation. And it's helpful just to have someone that's done what we're trying to do. And that is what the CEO Accelerator Group has helped and taught me to do. Inside the Accelerator, you get lifetime access to the six step-by-step modules that walk you through the pillars of a profitable wedding business. The financial services spreadsheet that Brandy gives you as a part of the Accelerator is worth the price of the Accelerator alone. If you need clarity on finances, your budget, if you can hire, if you can even pay the people that you have hired, go get the Accelerator because that spreadsheet gave me the knowledge and power to make the decisions to continue hiring and growing my team in the way that I want to. But what good is all of this knowledge without accountability, community, and of course, a place to ask your most burning questions? When you join the Wedding Pro CEO Accelerator, you also get six months inside our live coaching membership. It literally has changed the way I do business. It has changed the way I view things. It has changed the way that I manage things. It is totally amazing to be able to sit with CEOs that have been through what I've been through, have been through the trenches and can give me the insight as to how they got through it. It doesn't feel like, oh my gosh, I'm the only person on the planet who feels this way. No, there's tons of other CEOs that feel the same way I do. And we can talk about it, think through it, and we can learn. It is absolutely amazing. And if you're thinking about it, you should do it. The Wedding Pro CEO Accelerator is the best of a course, a membership, and a group coaching community all in one. The group has been so supportive and has really kept me sane through the busiest season I've ever seen in my career. For that, I'm really thankful. Looking forward to the next year and all the things I have to learn to grow and scale my business and super excited for the next steps. Here's the thing. You can absolutely listen to this show every single week to get nuggets that will help you scale your business. And over the course of a few years of piecing together all of that free information, you could very likely grow a successful wedding business. Or you can join the Wedding Pros CEO Accelerator today to get the proven step-by-step roadmap you need to ditch the overwhelm, build maximum profit, and step into your role as confident CEO all in just six short months. In 2021, we did 220,000 in revenue, which I was so excited about at the time. In 2022, where we sit now, our revenue came in around 560,000. Honestly, I attribute so much of that to really being able to grow. I actually no longer take on weddings myself. I'm really able to focus and be the CEO of my company. And that's come with a lot of guidance from the Accelerator Group, all of the other incredible CEOs in that program, bouncing ideas off of each other, asking for the help and hearing from other people and what's worked and what hasn't. Just click the link in the show notes below to learn more about the Wedding Pro CEO Accelerator and let's build your profitable wedding business together.